1: it's a Monday, the 4th of July. Happy birthday, my dad. Happy American Independence Day, I guess. <laughs> Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL Adjacent Podcast. My name is Will Anderson.
2: And my name is Charlie Clausen, and ordinarily um, we save our discussions around podcast Mike for our other podcast uh, uh, TOFOP. Uh, Mike traditionally does a countdown for us. We have a digital countdown that happens in our screens, and then you know Mike will chip in. This is unusual. This time, instead of going five, four, three, two, one, he counted down to zero. So he put an extra step in there, which you will as a seasoned professional. I I would have tripped over that. I would have gone after one and started talking while he was saying zero, but you knew to wait.
1: You know what? I just sensed something. It was very much (laughs) like the start of the grand final when they have the big countdown, you know, Hell's Bell starts playing (laughs) in the background. (laughs) It really felt like something was about to happen and I knew that, I knew that there wasn't just going to be a one and then point at me, that there was something else coming. It was a, it was a surprise. It was much like uh, some of the umpiring I watched game to game. I'm, you know me, Charlie. I am not a person who traditionally comments upon the umpiring in any way when it comes to AFL. But mm. I watched some games on the weekend where the umpires were literally just umpiring a different game. <laughs> like, it was like the interpretation of the rules. Like, I don't mind really. Like, I don't mind the idea that within a game, as long as it's kind of consistent within a game, I think that is actually the best that we can hope for. This Mm -hmm. idea that there's going to be consistency across rounds, across umpires, all those sort of things, I think is too much to ask for anyway. But there were two games in particular where, like, I was honestly just like, okay, I guess in that game, they're just... Playing those free kicks, and in this other game, they are not paying those free kicks. That is the difference in the rules today. What were the two games? Oh, yeah, what I watched so much footy on the weekend, I can't even remember what it was. But it was just one in particular where there were so many like dropping the balls yes. and tackles and all those sort of things where they just did not get paid. They just were like that's pay the on. one
2: that caught my eye over the weekend. Was and maybe I'm like there's been so many changes, but the incorrect disposable disposal holding the ball. Genuine attempt. I have no idea where we are with that anymore. There was one incident in the Blues-Saints game where Dan Butler was chasing a loose ball, had a guy on his tail, never really took possession, was kind of paddling it in front of him and got tackled. And what I thought was a free kick for holding the man because he seemed to be obstructed in his chase of the ball, but that was paid as incorrect disposal or holding the ball, even though he never actually took possession. And I'm like, what is going on? Did I miss the memory? I
1: know, I know exactly that moment you're talking about, which yeah. was he never had full possession. Like he was definitely in the zone of having possession. Like mm. he was very close to having possession, but I'm not sure that he ever took full possession. I think it was like he paid a deposit on a house.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and like, the you know, everything else was going on, but there was still a chance he was going to pull out at the last moment. Do you
2: think that, do you think, that's where the umpire's understanding of who the player is. So, for instance, like the Toby Green rule, you know, they're going to be more hot on Toby Green going into a pack because they're going to look for what Toby's doing. Dan Butler is a kind of flighty, half-forward flank who loves a bork, loves to go on a run. So do you think the umpire's like, oh, I know Dan Butler, I know the style of footy he plays. He's going to take possession here, do a little sidestep and get around. And had already, like, imagined that scenario (laughs) so that when Dan took the ball and the Carlton player put hands on him, he immediately blew the whistle.
1: I'd like to go a step further than this. I demand that they both have like a footy profile on each player, (laughs) but they also have a psychological profile on each player so that they can genuinely get in the mind of like, I I think this would be much better with the deliberate rule, right? Like if you knew the players forensically, like Mm. if you've been able to go like, you know, Joel Selwood, the one thing you know about him never tells a lie. Like, if he says he wasn't kicking it towards the boundary, then that's fine. Like, you know this new thing now with Backman where they're wobbling their fingers and pretending it's touched? Have you yeah, yeah, cottoned yeah. onto this? Yeah, yeah, it's like great. Right. So, but this is what the umpires <laughs> need to know. The yeah. umpires need to know that old mate over there, he's a wobbler.
2: Yeah. Like You know what I mean? Like he's, But he's, you know, but I think you do know that. Like, I know within, like, the Saints, like, I can with the whole insufficient intent. Like, I know the backmen in our team who will definitely bomb it long towards the boundary line at the first sign of pressure. Like, that's just... They either don't have the skills. They're not like a Jack Sinclair or a Brad Hill who can thread the a needle. Like, I'm thinking your Dougal Howers or your Dara Joyce's. They're big, burly backmen who are like, I just want to get this shit out of here. I'm definitely kicking it towards the line. So I think that that is... Like, I mean, I think that that would be an appropriate thing for the umpires to know is, like, at the start of the year, like, these are the new rules, and here is a psychological profile on each player, what they're likely to do in any given scenario.
1: I mean, you could never pay a deliberate out-of-bounds on Levi Caswell, right? Like, he would just be able to say... Mate, I don't... Have you seen it when I try to, like, kick deliberately? It goes anywhere. There is no way that you can say that I do anything deliberately.
2: And would you say the same thing for, like, a Liam Ryan or a Jeremy Howe or, like, a Joe Danher with, like, an um, unrealistic attempt at a mark? It's like, mate, I've fucking taken much better hangers than this. Everything's realistic.
1: Yeah, mate, if it's up in the air, it's a realistic attempt. I'm Jeremy Howe. I wasn't even playing. I was on the injury bench, but I, I, I thought I could take a hanger.
2: Now, you did bring up, uh, uh, well, I brought up the Saints, so let's get on to that game first of all. Boy, oh boy. Yes. I said on our Thursday night tips, which you can watch 5 o'clock on Instagram Live, um, that if there was one game I wanted to win this year, <laughs> it was this one against Carlton. I don't think I've enjoyed a win more than that one. And this is such loser talk, but we'll honestly, like no matter what happens this year, that night I had such a good time on my own. I watched it live, which I never do because I get too nervous. So I rode like every twist and turn and with every player that went down and every goal that they missed. Like I just, I was so buzzing after that game to the point, and I never do this, but I really (laughs) had some, I had a real... (laughs) I had a real appetite for some uh, schadenfreude. <laughs> I was really, you know, working up a hunger. So I was like, I'm going to go to the Carlton uh, Twitter account and just see what Great. the Carlton fans have to say about this. Because I just wanted to... What,
1: to... what time of night is this? Oh, like, right. What time of the night are you, s- like, sniffing out this Carlton truffle? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: it would have been, it would have been like, I've exhausted all the things. Yeah. So I'd already watched the last quarter again. I'd watched all the post-match. Um, I think I was sort of getting the, because uh, it was after midnight, the updates on Twitter had started to slow down. So I'm like, I need some more. I need some more of that. So is this like, but this is post midnight. Post midnight. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on my own. <laughs> I'm a little pissed. I'm on the couch and I'm like, I need to just like, just drink a little bit of that, that Carlton tears. Feed on something
1: after midnight. <laughs> so, I'm,
2: you're a gremlin. That's you know, what you are. So I did go across to the Carlton. Um, I uh, went across to the Carlton uh, Twitter account yeah. and I just wanted to see like, What are these guys saying? And Will, I immediately regretted my decision. Like Carlton fans were so down on their team. Like not only were they down on their team, but like they were talking about how we might as well give up now. Patrick Cripps is useless. You know how we said at the start of the year, Carlton fans hated Patrick Cripps and someone said, no, no, we're... Bullshit. I went on your account. There's a bunch of supporters who are like, he's slow, he didn't do anything, he accumulates possessions, but is he really damaging? There was people talking about how the fact that, like, McKay and Kerno need to be taught how to kick. And what I thought was going to be, like, a fun little, like, 10-minute journey became... I was depressed. In fact, the first feeling I had is, why is... we're not so different, you and I. <laughs> you can't support. It's the way mm-hmm. when you're on top of the world, like everything feels great, but then when your team loses, it's, it's the end of the world. But then I felt real genuine, like um, I felt genuinely bad for them. I mean, they've been through a lot.
1: That's what I will say. Like this generation in particular have been through a lot. But I, I, I've got to be honest with you, I'm the opposite. It, that, you know what? You have it so good and you don't appreciate what you have. That's what I would say about Carlton. Like, don't be complaining about Kurnow and Mackay. They'll be fine. Like, and don't complain about Patrick Cripps. He's had like a top five in the Brownlow season. (laughs) Like, you guys are fine. Like, don't, don't, like, I actually don't like the woe is me, Carlton. Like, I understand where it comes
2: from, but it doesn't endear me to them. Can I just read a a couple of my (laughs) favourites? Please. (laughs) Uh, Typical Carlton panic footy return tonight. Just saying, West Coast isn't going to be easy, Some of uh, some think, if we dish up that nonsense. Who's after that? Geelong. We're going to drop out. Come on, you idiots. Sort it out.
1: You know what I love about that is that someone has gone straight to the ladder predictor. Thank yeah. God, this is terrible. Like, you've started by chalking up a loss to West Coast. Now, West Coast are a lot better. And if you do lose to West Coast, then that is danger signs. But this is not danger signs. Not uh, yet.
2: Uh, another guy just said, the wheels are off. And a crying emoji. And then another guy said, you're bloody hopeless. We're no chance to play finals now. What a waste of a year. We're pretenders. Oh, my what, God.
1: What? You lost one game. <laughs> one game. To a team that played really well on the night, <laughs> and you're missing, like, eight people out of your back line. This is exactly like, what, what I was like...
2: saying in my head. Like, I went from, like, oh, I'm going to drink some Carlton Tears to being, like, oh, come on, fellas. Like, come on, it's not oh, that bad. You've had a
1: bad run with injuries, guys. Like, you're
2: <laughs> still in a pretty good position to challenge for the
1: finals. Uh,
2: now, um... I uh, I'm not sure if you saw the post match, but I feel like Gary Lyon has been straying into two guys—one cup territory. He's right. what he had to say to Muller to Jack Sinclair after the game.
0: Jack, a sensational game. Um, talk us through the locks and the hair. What's the end? What's the end game here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too sure, Gaz. Um, yeah, seems we're working okay for now, so I think I'll stick with it. What's the end game? What's Is the, the end game to any haircut? Of...
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess. The end
2: game at some stage is that I cut my hair. But here's the thing that I was thinking. Gary Lyon, in the era in which Gary Lyon was a footballer, the kind of mullet haircut that Jet Sinclair has was commonplace. Like, what is Gary Lyon doing making a kind of old man gag about your hair's a bit long, hippie, when like, he would have played with a bunch of players who looked like that in the 80s? Also, to be fair, if you've
1: ever seen a photo of Gary Lyon without any clothes on, like of any description, <laughs> he is a man who has 95% hair. Like, he is a particularly hairy man himself. Like, what's going on with the fact that he only have one eyebrow, Gary?
2: Uh, it actually, um, I was thinking about the, the Dacos brothers uh, when it came to haircut, because I'm like, oh my God. it feels like, especially with uh, Nick's the young one, right? He's the one who's going to win the rising yeah. star. The one who's going to win the though. Yeah, <laughs> and the rising star <laughs> in the same year. But he's got, his hair is very rem- reminiscent yeah. of his dad's. And I'm like, I wonder if that's ever happened before, where a father-son has come in. With exactly the same hairstyle his dad wore when he was running around 20 years earlier, 30 years earlier.
1: I mean, particularly if it was an iconic hairstyle like that, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I would love to see it yeah. because I think that Nick could do it, right? Yeah. Like, Just he's, a he's in his a bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is what he's got to do in the offseason. His skills are fine. He doesn't have to work on anything on the field. What we need him to do is a little makeover, just a little... I mean, he could get the perm back for sure. Like, Mm. because imagine this, like how good he is for a start. Like, he is just absolutely fantastic. So if you're a Collingwood fan and you've got him on the list, if his last name was... Uh, Dickendorf (laughs) I don't know why but sure Dickendorf Sure, Nick Dickendorf (laughs) like you'd still be pretty excited about the first season that Dickendorf's had at Collingwood right?
2: Not nearly as excited as every commentator in the country who gets to say that name live on air (laughs) imagine playing with Dickendorf where he'd take that
1: (laughs) so if Dickendorf had this sort of season Nick Dickendorf yeah You would be wrapped. You'd be like, this is great. I can't wait to get Dickendorf on the back of my jumper. I won't have room for his number. I'm just going to have to have his whole name written down the back. But glad to have him at the club. But his last name is Dacos. It's one of the most famous names in the history of the Collingwood Football Club. Like, one of the most magical players ever to to play the game. And it looks like... I mean, to me, this is next generation Gary Ablett, senior and junior. Like, you're looking at having... Like, players who were top 10 in the league at the time and, like, having their kid be a player who could be top 10 in the league at the time. I mean, that's pretty incredible. But imagine if in the off-season Nick Daycos gets a perm and the amount of Collingwood fans. Can you imagine? Like, everybody, yeah. like, everybody. Everyone got the dusty haircut. You don't
2: reckon there's going to be, like, 80,000 Collingwood fans who are going to get the Nick Dacos perm? I mean, nostalgia is the currency of the moment. I mean, it's the Stranger Things era. I think every father-son, like Jack Silvani, he should start off with, like, the flat top that his dad had when he took mark of the year, you know, against Collingwood, and then shift to that shaggy... Oh, he's kind of got the in-between ragdoll, but he needs to get that full-sauce early 90s grunge-era ragdoll. But I know
1: what you mean. It's the modern take on it, right? So, like, Bailey Smith's mullet isn't a traditional mullet, but it's a take on a traditional mullet, right? Yeah. I think Nick Dacost needs to bring back the traditional perm, like a modern yeah. take on the traditional perm. I reckon that's what the AFL
2: needs next. Yeah, blonde tit, traditional <laughs> perm. I mean, are you prepared? Or I guess, you know, wow. it's too late to be prepared. But are you okay with Collingwood being being good? I mean, we've had to endure Carlton being good. It looks like Collingwood's good now. I guess it's offset by Essendon being no good. <laughs> but are you are you okay with Collingwood being good? Yeah. Yeah, I me don't too. understand it. But Neither do I, I. I. It's gross. It's like being attracted to someone you hate.
1: <laughs> like I was, yeah. I mean, when Nick Dacos kicked it across the field to yes. Josh Dacos, I was like, I was proud. I was mm. like, oh, look at those brothers playing yeah. this game. They love it together.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I like it right until they cut yeah. to the crowd and you see all those Collingwood yeah. supporters so happy. Then it's like, oh, that takes, and Mason Cox, you know, we talked about how much we love yeah. Mason Cox, but it's a bit of the, I mean, I said same thing about Carlton. I said same thing about the Eagles a couple of years ago. I like all the players. I just hate what the club represents. <laughs> <laughs> Individually, Darcy Moore, great. Pendles, love him. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Goey gets staffed, but the rest of them are awesome. <laughs> well,
1: that was the best thing about watching Collingwood play on the weekend was they all played well apart from J- Jordan Goey. Yeah. So you didn't have to even feel bad about that. Uh, Cheeky Jack. Uh, I mean, yes. your boy. Bring Cheeky, up- Jack, Cheeky Jack is, he is like... I mean, he is putting together a monster season.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it was what I loved was his cheeky Jack and then Isaac Rankin, and it was like, oh, this is cool. Like this is exciting. It's like a shootout between like the two young guns who both have the same. Like it's like two Ackers. It's the battle of the (laughs) Ackers.
1: But oh, well. Speaking of Acker, like what is going on? Isaac Rankin is like a sensational player. Thank
2: God, finally, because I was worried at the start of the year would never. He'd just be one of those guys who never came good. And boy, has he come good. But does he have – he doesn't have a modern take on a Bogan look. He just
1: has a proper old-school Bogan (laughs) look, Isaac Rankin. Like, he is – like, I I don't know what he's trying to pull off, but it does not – like, I mean, Ginevan you get, right? Uh, Like, you know, the the blonde locks – like that, I feel like that's what Rankin's got to lean into. I don't know what he's rocking he, at the moment, but no, I he don't did like that, it.
2: though. He did come back with the full peroxide rock star lead singer of Everclear <laughs> kind yeah. of look going on. There's yeah. a reference to an obscure band from the late 90s. Um, uh, but then, yeah, he sort of – I think as his footy's gotten more serious, he sort of has been stuck between, you know, the flamboyant lair that he was drafted as and, and what he is now. But I – Love watching him play. Like I actually, I mean, there's a lot of things I like about the Gold Coast. But I was thinking, imagine next year when Ben King's back and you got Isaac Rankin just buzzing around because he was sort of playing like a tall forward in that game as well. And then those two amazing goals, the one on the run and then the, the soccer off the ground. And the soccer off the ground I thought was incredible. But fucking wet blanket Wayne Carey. Have a listen to what he had to say about that goal.
0: That's going to be a contender for goal of the year right there. He's having a career-best year and you just can't teach that. Can you, Wayne? Yeah,
2: I'm not sure goal of the year, just a brass kick. It's, it's, a, it's a miracle You're goal. And that's the type of player he is. It's not a goal of the year, Will. It's just a miracle goal. <laughs> well,
1: he, he, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like someone who got beaten for goal of the year by someone who fluked a goal off the ground. I'd be going back through the record books (laughs) to find out if Wayne Carey was, like, defeated by
2: somebody who just kicked
1: one off the ground as a miracle goal.
2: Yeah, but also, like, you're a commentator. Like, recognise the moment. It's a great game. Like, everyone's into the contest. Isaac Rankin's, like, buzzing around. You know, like, if Dwayne Russell would have just seized that and it wasn't just gold, that's gold of the century! Like, he would have taken it up another notch. (laughs) Wayne's like, oh, look, it feels like there's a bit of excitement building. Let's just put out those embers right now.
1: I mean, I guess there is a role for the person who... I mean, by Wayne Carey's standards, like... Again, we're talking football standards here. Let's not stray into any of other (laughs) Wayne Carey standards. But by Wayne Carey's football standards, like top five greatest players of all time, of course everything looks like grey and mundane through his eyes. Like Mm. you're comparing it to what you were capable of. But I think that's why Dwayne's such a hyperbolic commentator he compares it to what he was capable of yeah
0: <laughs> so, so
1: everything does feel like spoil of the year to Dwayne
2: I did think about that though with with Wayne Carey it's like I oh, because you know he's obviously a brilliant footballer but very different Isaac Rankin is that mercurial high impact you know uh type player you know who, do, who plays in bursts where he was like his straight ahead just power forward and so if you, if I know anything about power forwards, Will, it's that they hate small forwards because that's what Fox Footy has taught me. Every time the comet two <laughs> team, they pair like two big retired power forwards with two small forwards. There's always a joke about how we're the big boys and you can't be buzzing around here. It's like, all right, guys, you're in your mid 40s. This is getting undignified.
1: Yeah, I think I think that you're right though. Like it is classic big forward. Like, you know what? It's much harder to take a contested pack mark at 45 and then go back and drill it from there than it is to like fluke something off the ground. That's, I get that's where it's
2: coming from. It's where it's coming from, but Jesus Christ, like, come on, someone, whoever the commentator coaches is like, Wayne, it's a yes and. When someone says something's goal of the year, yes and what else? Don't just immediately squash it.
1: You know what? We need somewhere I would say your perfect commentary spot is between what Wayne Carey's bringing. And what
2: Dwayne, what Russell is bringing. What we
1: need is Dwayne Dwayne Carey. Well, pretty much every other commentator,
2: like Howie, uh, uh, (laughs) Hutto, uh, Daisy Pierce, and Daisy again, by the way, (laughs) so amazing on, on Friday night. And I noticed, like it happened two or three times, that Daisy would make a point that Hamish or BT would then repeat about five minutes later as if it was a brand new insight. It's like it's got to be so frustrating for her to just sit there, see something that no one else sees, observe it, make a comment, and then just have one of the guys in the box just like, (laughs) well, I'm going to repeat that as mine.
1: I mean, but they never make... I mean, apart from BT telling you which post you've got to aim it at, there was a good one of those in that game where yeah. he said he's got to Started aim it at a meter the left... Out. He's got to start at the left-hand post and meet her out. And then he just went in and kicked it straight through the middle and BT <laughs> said nothing.
2: <laughs> uh, let's go like a Thursday night, Will. I'm sorry, oh. we, we have to. Um, oh. uh, are the dogs, Are the dogs gone?
1: Um. Well, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be tough to to get there from here. Um, it was just you know all the usual stuff. Like we miss Caleb Daniel a lot. I thought like organising the background the back uh, line, but we won out of the middle. Like you know it was one of those games where like are having an all Australian season. Like we just don't have you know a good enough back line. I think is like teams just. We cannot stop teams from scoring against us if they get the ball. So our entire game plan seems to be we'll just get the ball more times than they get the ball, but it doesn't always work.
2: Do you think, like, key defenders are almost harder to uncover, like a good, like a Jacob Wiedering-type key Mm -hmm. defender, uh, than, like, a key forward? I always feel like in every draft there's more kind of key forwards, especially in the top 20, than, like, it's very rare that a key defender goes number one, like Wiedering or you know, yeah. Or top I
1: 10. think the main reason is that normally the gun players play up forward, right? right when you're a yeah. junior gun, and then they just get guys who were gun center half forwards, and they make them into center half backs, and it doesn't always go that way. I mean, Norton is a was a center half back,
2: right? Like yeah, and Ben King the, as well. He was a center half y- back.
1: Yeah, so it does. It doesn't always go in that direction. But cl- I was hearing that the Bulldogs are into Rory Lobb. And I just couldn't understand what that was about because, like, we've got Sam Darcy coming through. You've got mm. Jamara. You've got, like, you know, Shaki and English and Norton. Like, it just doesn't seem like another tall forward is really what the Bulldogs need. I was like, can we not? Is there no one who's got, like, a, a good backman that
2: we can? I think the idea with Lobb, though, is he's a, he's a ruckman forward. So yeah. it would free up Tim English because Tim English can play forward okay. So I think the idea would be just so you can rotate those two and have a more unpredictable forward line. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was a weird game on Thursday night. Uh, yeah, hard to get a read on the Lions. Like, you know, was that the real Lions last week against Melbourne or is this them against a, like a, a, a slightly uh, a lesser team in the Bulldogs? And then the Eric Hipwood shove happened. And I'm like, that, this feels appropriate for what is a weird Weird game. What did you think in the moment when you saw that? Did you think there was anything malicious? I mean,
1: can I be completely honest? Yeah. I'd stepped away by then. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'd, I'd taken a knee. I, I was checking out what was happening in the cricket yeah, at right. that point. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> Because I watched it and I was like, oh, man, like that looks super nasty. And, and also, um, oh, for those of you uh, who don't know what we're talking about, he's a little... Hit. So right,
0: Eric yeah. actually pushed his opponent into the umpire looking at that angle. Oh, did he? Yeah, okay, that's an interesting We'll have a look at that again, I would suspect.
2: I mean, so what's happening is you've got Eric Hepwood and Ryan Gardner. Hipwood uh, is leading to the forward line. Gardner's keeping pace with him. And they're crossing the 50 and the umpire is crossing diagonally in front of them. And what happens is Eric Hepwood pushes Gardner and it looks like a high school bully with two nerds at the lockers. He's just shoved one nerd into the other nerd and got a clear run and took the mark in the forward line. And, you know, I sort of watched that and I heard Lethal's commentary, you know, very uh, uh, on brand for Lethal, sort of understated, oh, yeah, you know, there'll be a lot of attention on that. And he was and yeah, he was and dead like, right.
1: Oh, he's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> <Based> Lethal's. <laughs> that, based on Lethal's, that's his lethal
2: whisper. That's totally. Uh, but then I've watched the replay a few times and I think, I think it was an accident. I think it was an accident. I think that Gardner initiates contact. You know, he goes to like check him and he put, just instinctively pushes him off. It just so happens that there's a tiny little man in front of them who takes the brunt of like Ryan Gardner's body weight. It looks bad on the first viewing, but then I think forensically, if it was JFK, the defense lawyer for uh, the Lions would be like, you know, back into the left, back into the left.
1: Well, here's where I would be going with character assessments as well. This is a clash of two uncos. They're <laughs> uncos in different ways. like Baby
2: gazelles. Like,
1: like, Gardner is a charming unco. But he's like, he's almost, he plays like he's like a little bit tipsy, Ryan Gardner, right? <laughs> like, he's a drunko. That's how I would describe him. Whereas, like, Eric Hipwood is more your enigmatic unco. Like, it's just like he isn't always necessarily in fully control of like all the amazing athletic gifts that he actually has. And so I think this is just a classic, a classic clash, a classic clash. Thanks Effie. A A classic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, classic push. (laughs) It's a classic clash, which is easy for me to say of two uncos. And I think that's, That's the about the idea of. You also talked about the idea of, yes. In fact, they should bring Cozzy as a special witness. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Except Cozzy goes up to give his statement, chips and bangs his head on the lectern, gets knocked out.
1: (laughs) And the lawyer says, I rest my case, Your Honor. (laughs) (laughs) So, Luke, are you across this Luke Hodge thing? What's that? So, Luke Hodge released some behind the goals footage.
2: Yeah, I did see that.
1: Like, Luke Hodge has the Sabruda footage. Yeah, that's right. Like the angle that seems to clear Hipwood. Luke Hodge, who played and works with the Brisbane, or well, has an association with the Brisbane Lions, uh, managed to just somehow get his hands on this evidence that he could leak out into the media that might clear Hipwood.
2: You think it's a deep fake? You're calling a total conspiracy? <laughs> It's like the devs. I
1: I think that (laughs) what Chris Fagan's been working on is deep fakes. (laughs) He knows it's the only way you can defeat Melbourne, so he's going to deep fake up a lot of people doing, like, letting down Stephen May's tyres and stuff.
2: Well, I believe it because I saw what appeared to be a deep fake Charlie Cameron on the field in that same game. Charlie Cameron, whose famous goal celebration, of course, uh, is the motorbike rev or whatever you call it, they've got motorbike handles that have a name, and they just, you know, the, the revving of the motorbike. Oh, no. I don't know if it was the fact that he felt the game was in the bag, whatever, but he gave the most half-hearted rev of a motorbike I've ever seen. It was like he kicked the goal, jogged up to the fence, and it was almost like an afterthought, and he's like, oh, yeah, and just gave – it looked less like a revving of a motorbike and more like, I don't know, the flicking of a bell on a a BMX or something.
1: Yeah, just like an electric scooter. Yeah, that's right. Just one of those ones that you can hire to go around the city
2: in Brisbane. That don't go over 30K. (laughs)
1: Um, I'm going to have a look at what uh, if there's been tweeting from Charles
2: Cameron. Oh yeah, let's ar- do that
1: around the game. Let's see what let's see what he's been up to. We haven't checked in with Charlie Cameron's Charles uh,
2: Ranger, uh,
1: Charles Ranger 23, of course. Uh, so let's just go back. Oh, okay. Well, this is very lovely for a start. So his most recent tweet is from the 3rd of July, uh, and it is a retweet of the um, uh, Adelaide Crows forever in our hearts, Walshy. And then he's just put a couple of love hearts up the top of that. so yeah. and then hashtag ghost off. Yeah <laughs> Okay, oh he, here we go. This is from uh, so this must be uh, post game. This is like a post game tweet. Uh, so, oh no last night. okay okay so he so it's the day after. okay he's, he's had a good Friday. night. And he's decided to get on Twitter on on Friday and have a little tweet. So what I'm going to say is, it's uh, one, two, three, should be five words. But he's managed to run two of the words together as if they're one word, which I enjoy. So it's a comment on the game the night before.
2: Uh, Of the Brisbane uh, uh, Dogs game. Yes. Um, Okay, a comment on a positive comment? like great win yeah, by positive. great win by the boys that's five but you're saying he runs two words together
1: yeah so the equivalent would be the boys you're if right, the yeah.
2: boys was one, one word. word okay um uh, can you give me more context what's yeah. he referencing
1: okay so um one is the name of the ground i'll yeah. give you that so the first great word is the th- the name uh, of the ground
2: Gabba gabarois um, does he say gabar or gabarois uh gaba gabar yeah
1: um, uh, Gabba was g-
2: rocking good, Gabba was rocking, Gabba was pumping, Gabba was shaking, Gabba was out of control, Gabba was pumping, Gabba was
1: you're so, you're so in the zone. Like, <laughs> right. I don't want to stop you because okay.
2: you are so close, but let, Gabba let me was think. rocking, Gabba was rolling, yeah. Gabba was pumping, Gabba was electric. Uh, Gab- be-
0: oh, yes, <laughs> electric. Okay. Gabba was
1: electric. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: And then what should be two words that he's run into one uh, reference when the Gabba was electric?
2: Go storm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gabba, uh, Gabba was electric
2: last night. Last night. Yep. yeah. Ah, brilliant. Oh, here's
1: one that's to our tastes. Okay. From the 26th of June. Uh, two words. One player's name. Uh, what is the a player at another club in the AFL that you think would take the eye of Charles Cameron to give it the highest compliment he can, just writing their name with no other
2: information? Okay. Uh, well, he's a big supporter of other Indigenous players uh-huh. in the league. Is it another Indigenous player?
1: I think he's... Uh, well, yeah, I think that he has an Indigenous background, yes.
2: Okay. Um, well, so it's not one of the, the big... Famous? It's not like a Lance Franklin or Rioli or something like that.
1: No, uh, modern day player.
2: Modern day player. What does that mean? They're all modern day. They're all playing now.
1: Well, <laughs> like as in a new, like a new player, not like a oh, okay, legendary right, player. Right. Right.
2: Someone who's like just come on. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, is it one of the guys from Fremantle, like Frederick? Or no, th-
1: think a little closer to home.
2: Closer to home. Oh, oh okay. Oh, is it? Um, uh, is, it the, is it the kid from um, uh, PNG? You're overthinking it. Oh, Although okay. that
1: was ace. Uh, yeah. What an amazing story that was. And to see so his brilliant. family celebrating, yeah. so good. Great. Amazing. And did
2: you also see the video that the Suns released today of Stewie Jew surprising him, telling him he was playing his first game? Oh, no, it's fucking that? hilarious. He's walking out his front gate, and Stewie Jew is hiding in the driveway, <laughs> <laughs> like in his thongs and cap and T-shirt, and the like, the poor kid just gets this fright of his life. His story jumps out from the driveway as he goes. Guess why I'm here, mate? He's <laughs> like, I'm was, playing the first I, game. It's like, yeah, I mate.
1: was gonna. Like Stewie's not somebody that you really associate with like ninja like hiding. No. Corners, is he?
2: <laughs> You can't really conceal Stewie at too many places, uh, which will um, brings me to a nice little segue. Mm. Uh, we talked about the, uh, the, the show best on ground earlier um, in the year. I think we referred to it as something else, some other kind of uh, sports pun that would lead to a, a football comedy variety show. Mm. And so I watched a bit of it um, on the weekend and uh, there's a show called The Boys out there, and if anyone hasn't seen it, The Boys imagines a world in which superheroes are commonplace, and they're almost like the celebrities of this world. You know, they host TV shows, and they do movies and stuff, and I'm, I like The Boys, but I'm like, oh, this is stupid. Like, there's no way just because someone's a superhero, they would give them a talk show or a sketch show or whatever. And then I'm watching Best on Ground, and I'm like, oh. You got a bunch of footballers being comedians and stuff. This is exa- they are the superheroes from the boys. It's like, oh yeah, right. well they're superheroes. You're a footballer. They can do anything. You can Just, do
1: anything.
2: You can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so they had this segment which was like, um, it was like a debate, and I can't remember who Nick Rivot was debating, but it was who has the best celebrity supporter. And it was you know is the Dalai Lama because apparently he you know he's a celebrity supporter for Collingwood, I think. And then it was Nick's turn to argue that Snoop Dogg is the best celebrity supporter for the Gold Coast. Uh-huh. And Nick Revolt chose to express himself by doing a rap. Oh. And Mike, roll the tape. Snoop's ripping the suns up and down the
0: street. He's watching Dewey in the box seat. Sweet He's wishing Carmichael Hunt was discreet. He's the man, he's crumbs on seat, he's the DOG. <laughs>
2: Now, I love Nick Revolt. And I love that Nick Revolt has got to a point in his career yeah. where he's happy to show this other side of himself. For so long, he was just like this perfectionist with the resting bitch face and he's opening himself up. <laughs> but you've got to draw a line somewhere, right? I mean, even Vanilla Ice would have thought that was too white.
1: <laughs> like, I didn't think that Nick Revolt could actually come off as more white than him trying to rap. But this opens up a great possibility because if Nick Revolt now has the taste for a bit of rap, can you imagine his diss track to Reece
2: Stanley, like some I, underground <laughs> Reece Stanley diss track? Right, it would be amazing. Something that he does with his Saints crew, like other players that he played yeah. with, with with Reece Stanley at St Kilda, Stevie Kilded.
1: Baker, and stuff. Yeah,
2: that's <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> they called the Morabin Crew, the MK Five, or something like that. Oh, mate. It, uh, it, look, look, again, I'm all for Nick Revolt opening himself up to opportunities like this, but you're a big hip hop fan. Mm -hmm. Isn't the whole thing about Snoop Dogg, he spells it D O double G? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's part of the problem.
1: But, I mean, I guess it's like D R E is the, still Dre is the thing that he's like parroting. So D R E D
2: O G, I guess. D-O-double-G. Right? Yeah, I mean... Look. I think Snoop Dogg has done enough songs where he name-checks himself mm. that he should have got that bit right. Here's what I would say, though, is that is not the major problem <laughs> with what we just <laughs> heard. Uh Let's move on to our Brain Dwayne segment, which is where uh, Will and I take a closer look at some of the commentary over the weekend. Um, start off with an honourable mention. This has all been um, submitted uh, by people. Um, Uh, This honourable mention, though, was something that I picked up. Uh, This was uh, Dwayne commenting the opening minutes of Geelong versus North Melbourne. And it was Patrick Dangerfield's comeback game. And this is what Dwayne had to say is, is Danger collected the ball and kicked the opening goal of the game.
0: Underway, and Dangerfield straight into the team, straight onto the Sharon, and straight toward goal. You wouldn't, would you? Can you believe that?
2: So, can you believe a Brownlow medalist playing against the worst team in the competition would kick the opening goal of the game? Will, over to you. I
1: mean, this is what I love about Dwayne, though. Like, he's calling it like it's a grand final. That's, you know, sure, they went on to beat North Melbourne by over 100 points, but can you believe it?
2: <laughs> now, my favourite Dwayne uh, comment was uh, this is submitted by uh, a listener of the show. Her name's Jen. Uh, this is uh, a comment, again from the same game. This is uh, Nick Larky having a shot on goal.
0: Gets a pull or two. He bends that back. And let's hope it's a hot super tonight. Larky kicks another.
2: <laughs> yeah, that stinks, Dwayne. Look, we give you a lot oh, of man. bloody leeway on this show. That stinks
1: worse than the garlic sauce in that souvlaki you got on the way home from the game the other night and
2: wrote it down in
1: your little book of references.
2: He didn't think that one through because it's, oh. like, let's hope it's a hot souva tonight. What does that even yeah. mean? Like, that's not even a, a turn of phrase. <laughs> and though it's just, when you can see the strings attached, Dwayne, it's not fun for us.
1: Also... Like, the heat of your suva is not something that anybody has ever... I've never heard a conversation let <laughs> hope it's a hot suva? Yeah, I hope it's hot. It will be hot. Like, if they make it straight away, it'll be hot. Or if you just, like, leave it for later, it'll get colder. But, like, nobody's ever debating whether... Like, no one's ever said to anybody else in normal conversation, hey, uh, I hope it's a hot suva tonight, <laughs> have they?
2: Dwayne Russell is the guy that you meet. Like, if you're someone who has like a funny sounding surname, like your surname is crap or something like that. Yeah. Dwayne Russell is the guy that you meet who makes a joke as if you've never heard that joke before. Like, do you think Nick Larkey has ever heard anyone make a Sivlarkey joke to him? I mean, that's
1: absolutely what Dwayne is. You're right. He's the guy yeah. who has a nickname for everyone. Like he's the, he, the guy in the office who would call everybody <laughs> by a nickname and be like, he loves it. And then you'd be like, I don't love yeah. it. I wish he would stop calling me that. <laughs>
2: So are you saying that Dwayne Russell is yeah. David Brent. Okay. <laughs>
1: exactly what he is.
2: He's just a chilled out entertainer. Look at
1: he's here. Suva. Suva Larky. Get it? He's the guy who constantly just wants to say after every bit of commentary, get it? Get it,
2: guys? Get it? <laughs> he's just elbowing the commentary team. In i the it's ribs. a hot
1: Suva hey. tonight because hey. his name is Larky. Get it?
2: Yeah, Dwayne. Yes, Dwayne, we get it. Uh, now, we have, a se- we have a segment called Brain Dwayne. I think we need a, a new one for oh. Hamish McLaughlin because he is fast becoming uh, the second most uh, visible uh, commentator on this show. What, what is going on with Hamish, by the way? Like, I think that he
1: has, like, honestly, I feel like, is Hamish okay? Because what do you mean? Hamish is normally such a competent commentator. <laughs> Broadcaster? But it really feels like he is completely losing the plot.
2: Okay, so let's recap. Two weeks ago, uh, he says this was the last time time that Carlton were held held goalless was in, like, blah, 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 blah. But that's not going to happen today because Carlton were, in fact, not goalless anymore. Then he uh, said in the Melbourne game, uh, that mark was the best mark uh, between these teams since Sean Smith, only there's been better ones since. So again. (laughs) Like the most pointless commentary. Here's his latest grab about Isaac Rankin and Isaac Quainer lining up on each other. Two Isaacs. There's an Australian
1: Governor-General called Sir Isaac Isaacs. He'd be watching on from above.
0: Not sure whether deviated too far from the script.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did, mate. Way off, mate. Like, like, when even he knows that he's gone too far, that's not even a comment. That is literally just word association at this point. Isaac to Isaac. There was a Governor-General
2: called Isaac Isaacs. But I, I love... All right, you're not a fan rapper, mate. <laughs> there was a little bit of an attempt to turn it into kind of a sentimental observation That Sir Isaac Isaac would be watching from above <laughs> As if like he was a big fan of the Gold Coast Suns or something Also I was like why is like Hamish bringing
1: heaven into this? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like imagine if in that same bit of you had gone And I think we could just all take a, a moment of silence to uh, respect Sir Isaac Isaac
1: yeah, I'm sure he's tuning in And buoyed by the fact that there are two guys called Isaac. Wherever there is two guys called
2: Isaac who meets, that gets the attention of Sir Isaac Isaacs. Uh, Okay, Will, it's time for everybody's favourite segment.
0: Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Lockett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket.
2: Now, Will, when it came to selecting uh, Pocket Profiles to read in this segment, from the AFL record, I was basing it at first on okay, let's get a good even spread of players from different teams, so every supporter feels represented. But then I'm like, there's clearly some teams where they have very strict media management oh, yeah. because the answers are all just so like contained and 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 media controlled. There's no personality, so. You may hear some double ups from certain clubs because I'm just reading through the answers now and finding the, the biggest personalities or the weirdest personalities. And when I say weird, <laughs> I'm referring to one player from the Bombers, uh, Harrison Jones, young Ford, Harrison um, Jones. Do you know anything about Harrison um, Jones?
1: I know that he's good. Like yes. he's, He looks like a great next generation talent for and you'd be very excited to have him at your club. I know nothing about what he's like off the field. He has long hair. He plays yep. in quite a flamboyant manner. I can, yep. I can imagine yep. him being a bit of a quirky cat, maybe.
2: Yeah, quirky is key. Mm. Now, I'll give you just an overall hint on this. There is some attempt at wry humour. Okay. And I'll let you know when those questions are coming. I'll let you know when he's, he seems to be sincere, and I'll let you know when there's wry humour going on. Um, let's start with his favourite non-AFL, non-AFL sporting team. It's a Premier League team.
1: Uh, is it one of the ones uh, where there's two teams in the city? Okay. <laughs> Manchester United.
2: Correct. Well done. Well deduced, Sherlock, again. I, always, <laughs> I note every week that you're very good, at least in the, the first part of this. Uh, does Harrison go to AFL games when the Bombers aren't playing? Mm, interesting. Okay. Well, here's what we have as an opportunity. He, he lives in Melbourne.
1: Um, he has the opportunity to go to other games. But I also will say this, like he's only a young player. It's mostly been the COVID era that he's been around. And then even now, I can't imagine like people really still have the freedom to go to other AFL games. So I'm going to say no.
2: Correct. I like it. Uh, you know what is? You normally seem stressed at the start of these because <laughs> you know what's coming. You know my cryptic clues are coming. But I feel like you've taken a different attitude. And it's. I don't know if you've been seeing like a sports psychologist <laughs> during the week. But I, I, I'm sensing a different energy. Okay. Like you're not – you're just playing your natural game. Mm-hmm. It feels like the coach has pulled you aside and said forget about like positions and change. all that kind of, Just play your natural game. Just play with natural flair. And so far, so good.
1: You know what I will say though, like is when you give me these little assessments – so early in it really gets inside <laughs> my head <laughs>
2: should the centre bounce be retained uh-huh. ok interesting
1: um, look uh, he doesn't play in the middle uh, which means that he probably has no attachment to it he's a younger player I'm going to say no mm, That's your first
2: mistake he says yes he thinks uh-huh. it should be retained
1: See? Inside my head.
2: Uh, non-football wish for 2022 one word answer pretty common Especially, you sort of nailed it on the head with talking about COVID earlier. Uh, health. Travel. Travel. Oh. Okay, uh, so, so I d- now I'm 50-50. you up. <laughs> it's been a shocker since you oh. told me I was All doing right. well. We'll get you back on track with this very odd <laughs> okay. answer. Uh-huh. His scariest non-moment in football. Uh, I imagine that the characters at the very beginning of 28 Days Later... Had this happened to them as well? Felt this is the scariest thing that's ever happened to them as well.
1: Um, that uh, he turned into a zombie. So
2: Got to go back before the zombies. I'm talking.
1: There was some sort of apocalypse.
2: No, sort of, no, no it's a key. The- um, all right, how about this? Uh, Dustin Hoffman in Outbreak yeah. would have been would have also feared this.
1: He got bitten by a attacked
2: monkey. by a monkey. Okay, that's how twenty eight days later starts. It's a rage virus. Yeah, I remember
1: yeah. that now. You're right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, so the the clue was fine. I just had forgotten the movie.
2: So this is the best answer to this mm. question we've had so far. He was attacked by a monkey. What do you think? What do you think the circumstance? Uh, Bali is the first thing I'm going to say. Footballer, You'd monkeys, Bali. It's like, yeah. He was in I the mean, monkey forest in Ubud. He uh, didn't have enough bananas on him, and he's tall. He looks like a tree. The monkeys tried to scale him and eat his hair. That's what I'm saying. Happened.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're probably pretty accurate, I've got to be honest with you. That that checks out.
2: Uh, who ru- rules the roost in your
1: household? By the way, can we just say, that would have been the perfect Jordan Dugowie video to come in <laughs>
2: from Bali. Him being attacked Jordan by monkeys. Dugowie
1: being attacked by a monkey.
2: <laughs> Trying to undo a monkey's top. <laughs> Uh who rules the roost in his household? Um okay. Young fella. Young fella. Could possibly still live at home. I don't know where he's from, but I'm gonna say no. Let me just say mm-hmm. there's a bit of Rowan Marshall energy. Uh okay. Uh I do. What did What did Rowan Marshall refer to himself as?
1: Um I know he like was very proud of eating 14 nuggets. That was my <laughs>
2: major takeaway from the Ron Marshall. Not impressed. By the way, uh, Ron Marshall has started following me on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, a mate of mine is a Saint supporter. I sent him a screen grab saying, Hey, look who's following me. And he's like, Oh, that's cool. And then I said, Did you know that Ron Marshall can eat 14 nuggets? And my mate wrote back and said, My 10-year-old daughter can eat 14 nuggets.
1: <laughs> it's not a lot of nuggets. That's what I remember. Uh, is, it, is uh, Harrison the, the person who rules
2: his household? Yes, he is. Yep. Like the big dog, Ron yes. Marshall, he says myself. Uh, his most influential junior coach is a guy called Steve Williams. Uh, okay, where did you go to kick? If I was going to give birth to someone called Giz, you might say that they were... Gizborn. Gizbon, Gizbon. <laughs> go, okay. We're close enough, You <laughs> got there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I've been yeah. like this has been kept me up at night the answer to this question. Okay. Cuz I think you can take it in two directions once you know what the answer is. What was the common theme of your school report card? Oh, okay. My clue to you is this could be incredibly like heartwarming or incredibly troubling <laughs> depending on how you read this feedback from a teacher from an adult. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> Two-word answer. Uh, love
1: him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
2: well, I'll give you... A, the second word is boy. It's something blank boy. Yeah. Uh, good boy. Um, More. A great boy. More. Best boy. <laughs> More.
1: <laughs> Greatest boy.
2: More uh, to do with how someone looks... Beautiful boy More In that In ballpark
1: <laughs> Really? Handsome boy um, Another
2: a Synonym for, for that
1: For good looking um, yeah. Yeah, You are Attractive boy
0: uh- <laughs> <laughs> Okay
2: That would be That would definitely Ring alarm bells That puts it more Into a Like categorically bad I'm saying that This is ambiguous <laughs> I mean, it definitely is used to describe someone's looks. It also can describe personality if someone has. Oh, um, okay. Uh, um, it begins with G. Um, <laughs> Can't think of a clue. Uh, gregarious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not gregarious.
2: Gorgeous. 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 Boy gorgeous boy now I read that and I initially took it as like oh that's like hot woman gorgeous boy and then I'm like wait a minute I went to a school where there are a lot of priests and if one of them described me as a gorgeous boy I'd be like
1: but isn't this like common theme of your report card what's the question Uh,
2: what is the common theme of your report card and he just said inverted commas gorgeous boy
1: like the idea that all (laughs) the teachers thought he was hot is the thing that's really bothering me
2: Uh, Did this gorgeous boy have a part-time job? No, the teachers paid for everything for some reason. (laughs) Yeah,
1: a whole bunch of jobs we can't talk about because of the court case, I believe, based on this school report we found.
2: Uh, Gorgeous boys don't need to work, Charlie, no. He doesn't. He just sat around being gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, Who is the best storyteller at your club? I don't know who this guy is. Uh, Last name Reed. Uh, Sam Reid Zach Reid uh, best social outing organiser at your club I reckon from the looks of this guy not Jake Stringer mm-hmm. uh, but at the looks of this guy he definitely knows where the party's at mm-hmm. he's, he's a very visible oh, um, member of the uh, 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 the small forward um, no, no 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 okay no no the opposite oh. of a small forward oh Okay. And I mean, if you're looking for oh, a guy... Sam Draper. Like, Sam Draper. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for a guy and has a party, yeah, it's a Sam guy with a party out the yeah. back. Okay. Who's the most tech-savvy teammate? Um, well, if... Uh, <laughs> if this... When this guy was lost on that island, uh-huh. if he'd had a phone, things would have been, it would have been much better.
1: Yeah. Um, Wilson? Someone Wilson?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. No. But that plane crash on the island. Oh, what?
1: Um, okay, but there was lots of people in the plane crash. The I apartment. know,
2: but one of them has the same surname as this Essendon player. Uh, so go through the go through the characters. Uh, so there was Jack. Yeah, he doesn't play at St Kilda. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, there was
2: Hurley Hurley Michael Hurley Michael Hurley. There you go. Uh, okay, which teammate should run for political office in the future? Mm-hmm. This is a very famous Essendon name. Does James Heard have a son who plays at the Bombers? Oh, I don't know. Because if he plays at the Bombers, right? but you know, he's a Tom kid, Tom Heard, yeah, right. So Tom Heard is at the Bombers. Did you know that Tom Heard played at the Bombers? No. There you go. He signed on for 2022. Okay, well, he's tipped him as being the next uh, politician, mm. which makes sense. He's got the pedigree. I mean,
1: th- yeah, I know. But, like, as a politician, like, you know, when your parents have been involved in... Is he the son of? Is he, like, son he, of. Literally the son of.
2: Son of Heard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Tom Heard. It's funny. I would have thought you would have heard more about that, mm. considering, like, you know, Jack Silvani and the Day and stuff.
1: Well, based on this assessment, his career is
2: actually going to be in politics,
1: not in football, yeah. so... <laughs>
2: um, rate your cooking skills from one to five. Okay. Now, remember... Ron Marshall Energy.
1: Yeah, five.
2: Yes. What's your best dish? Um, commonly thought to be the most high-quality steak.
1: Oh, um, not a good area for a
2: vegetarian. Um, no. Uh, ribeye? Mm, Japanese. Uh, Wagyu. Wagyu. Worst now, keep in mind, Rowan Marshall Energy, worst cooking disaster. Never had one. Never none. Of, none. I'm the best. <laughs> Nailed it! <laughs> this gorgeous boy is the best. Uh, okay, golf or tennis, guy or neither. Mm-hmm. Golf, tennis. Oh. You're right, mate. Like you started off, I fucking I fucked you up. I got inside your head by saying no, just, you're a go- you you by telling you that yeah. you were my gorgeous boy. <laughs> Throws you off a bit. It's your head. a really, to cut You're like in your head, you're like, Is Charlie coming on to me? Do you <laughs> He's think as so an nice AFL
1: sledge, like in these days where you can't like you can't say anything anymore out there yeah, on the field? Yeah, but Bloody do you PC think if you somebody, just went yeah. up to somebody and said, You're a gorgeous boy? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That would be enough. I imagine that happens involuntarily to Bailey Smith all the time. I'm sure he lines up in opponents who just spontaneously kiss him and then just apologize. Sorry, mate. Sorry. I just was staring at you. (laughs) You are a a gorgeous boy. I mean, I'm looking at Harrison Jones, and sure, he's a a good-looking rooster, but when it comes to gorgeous boys, what were they saying to Bailey Smith at bloody high school? We'll introduce you to a
1: couple of gorgeous boys if you like.
2: (laughs) Uh, has Harrison ever used Dr. Google to diagnose an injury or an illness? Interesting. Yes. No. Can he keep a secret? Ah. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. What's your idea of a perfect day? And this is sad. Okay. This is almost like what an incel might say. It's a, he just wants a single thing to happen. Um, uh, sex (laughs) before that a bit more innocent than that
1: um uh uh, a perfect day something an incel might say (laughs) Um, he just wants i
2: just want peace it's also it's also a dried fruit oh raisins (laughs) (laughs) he just wants a raisin arizona his favorite movie he just wants to watch raisin arizona (laughs) Um, I just want apple, orange. Uh, Euphemism for a bum hole. Uh, I just want um, <laughs>
1: <A> chocolate stuff. <laughs> <sandwich.
2: laughs> he just wants a date. Will a, a, date? a date? Oh, a date. Okay. Okay. That's yes. all he says. This perfect day would involve a date Man, with Bailey can, Smith. That other, a, yeah. that other How can boy. a gorgeous boy like himself be sitting around waiting for a date? Well, I guess you could read that in two ways as well. Your idea of a perfect day is a date. That's why I try and make every day a perfect day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm living my perfect life. Never cooked a bad meal. (laughs) What is something that you are proud of? Fairly stock standard, boring. This is a media controlled answer. Uh, Making my AFL debut. Correct. Uh, What's your biggest fear? Another stock standard. No monkey attacks going on here. One of your most common phobias. Uh, heights, mm, spiders. Mm. The biggest compliment you've ever received? Do you think maybe it was a spider monkey. That's why he's <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh What's his? Uh, the biggest compliment that that that, that he's received? Gorgeous he's a gorgeous, boy, gorgeous boy. Surely, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently not. That's the. That must be the second best compliment he's ever received. Uh, uh, specifically about a a part of his body. Oh well, his upper body. You have a. Gorgeous, head.
1: <laughs> gorgeous,
2: gorgeous hair. Gorgeous hair. He's got good, cool hair. Yeah. If he could play any instrument, what would it be? Joke answer here. Bit of personality from Harrison. It's okay. an instrument, but it's the least impressive of oh, the okay. uh, instruments. In a, it's a cliched. You know, I, I this is the only thing I can play. Bass. No, like even triangle. more simple than the triangle. Uh, what series is he binge watching? What is this? I have no idea. Um, I'm just Googling it. Uh, So it's a four-word title, alliteration in a way. Uh, uh, uh. Um, Okay. It is a show about – oh, it's a reality show. I think it's like one of those dating – it's an American-British reality dating game show. Uh, Who gives a shit? It's called Too Hot to Handle.
1: Okay. Would Do you know what that is? On that. No. I'm
2: looking at, I've just Googled it, and it's just a bunch of hot, half-nude people. Would you suggest, uh, so Charlie, it's a bunch of gorgeous boys and girls? It's a bunch of gorgeous boys and girls being gorgeous together with their cool hair, sitting around with cool hair. Well, you know what they've got uh,
1: on their perfect days? They've got a date, and that's all that Harrison wants is a date.
2: <laughs> uh, last question, what is the best movie of all time? And okay. this is, really signals a generational shift from you and I. Mm-hmm. Because it's no longer uh, the Shawshank Redemption. it's uh, it's a, a Marvel night. movie. It's now no Marvel movie.
1: Oh, it's a Marvel movie. Um, well
2: it's a co-production. It sorry, is a okay.
1: Spider- Spider-man, one of the Spiderman. Spider-man
2: one of the Spider-mans one no of the way Spider-man home. movies. I, I have no idea which one that is. Is that the latest one? I think it's the way right. yeah the latest one. Yeah, yeah. And that is Harrison um, Jones or Andrews. What's his name? Harrison, Harrison Jones. i have closed the tab. Harrison Ford, right? <laughs> the, the, the gorgeous boy. The gorgeous all boy. All right, well, let's quickly dip into our mailbag mm-hmm. before we wind things up. And just a reminder that uh, Will and I do other podcasts. We do one called Tofop, uh, which is just like this. Will and I are talking, a bit less footy talk. Uh, you can find all our other work at tofop.com. Um, our first bit of mail has come to us and it's for Podcast Mike. Are you there, Mike? Yes. Uh, This is from Patrick. He's like, the AFL Jason podcast segment we all need is Press Conference Mike, where Podcast Mike answers footy questions to the media with no prior knowledge of any facts relating Mm -hmm. to the question. That's good. I like (laughs) it. What do you think about
1: that? Um, I've got a question for you uh, there, Podcast Mike, if you don't mind. So... Obviously, um, you know, in the Brisbane game, a bit of an incident uh, yes. with uh, one player pushing another player into the umpire. What are your, your comments on this?
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on that we, you know, we do have to unpack a lot of the variables there. Predominantly, you know, at the end of the day, it's the umpire's job to stay out of the player's way. He should have <laughs> taken the liberty there of getting out of the way of that push. Now... We're not saying that the pushes are okay. We don't yeah. think any of that sort of thing should be happening on the field, but <laughs> I think we got to take the umpire out of the equation because it was his fault he was in that location at the time yeah. where he got hit by the push, Charlie.
2: Uh, Mike, uh, Charlie Clawson, uh, two guys, one cup times. I have a question. Um, do you think we show the umpires entirely too much respect?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of chat recently about that <laughs> new rule about uh, – player descent to the umpire that's been causing a lot of trouble and frankly i think it's destroying the game um (laughs) you know if a player can't get annoyed at an umpire for making a frankly a terrible call what can they get angry about And and you know afl is a physical game it's a contact sport they're gonna get angry out there and i think we gotta let them to get the best out of them thanks guys (laughs)
1: thank you podcast you know what I like about podcast Mike's method of answering these questions is he immediately looks to blame someone else
2: that's what I yeah it's perfect <laughs> uh let's go over to our Twitter will so if anyone wants to get in contact with us they can at, uh, two guys one cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram um, had a lot of feedback over this round of footy a lot of people want to uh, chat about the day causes I think we've talked about them enough um Uh, Pasht Motato says, Asking as a Collingwood fan, because I'd be very happy to see the back of Dugowie. Does anyone want him? And can we get anything in return? Or is it just bye-bye? I've heard a lot of, like, because St. Kilda have sort of come out and expressed some interest. I've listened to a lot of different um, podcasts with uh, Saints fans talking about whether or not Dugowie would be a a good fit. And uh, I did hear one person saying, like, well, yeah, get in, but you put him on like this ultra low contract that's, you know, got all these performance triggers and behavior triggers. And, and I'm like, yeah, that's great. If, you know, you exist in the other universe, <laughs> Like Jordan Goey is not going to go to a club that says, Oh mate, we're going to pay you base wage. And for every indiscretion, well, you know, we're going to take money off. Like he's got to negotiate his end of the bargain as well. I don't think any club is going to get Jordan Goey for a bargain. And for a start, I would say, well, that's why I don't think I would want him at the Saints. Are you going to pay? It's not like he's going to come cheap. Even if you put all these clauses in his contract, like if his brother-in-law or his cousin or whoever it is who negotiates his con- his deals and his contracts is worth his salt, then he's not coming across cheap.
1: Okay, here's what I will say. Maybe you go the opposite approach then, which is you mm. pay him a heap of money, but you put so many triggers in his contract for like fines and things that he would have to pay that you just bank on making it all back by the end of the season. So instead of saying we're only going to pay you three hundred, and if you like play this many games and blah blah blah, you get four hundred, five hundred. Do the opposite. We're going to pay you a million. We're going to pay a million a year. But if you do any of these things, that's like a twenty five thousand dollars fine. And just during the season, you chip him down to about five
2: fifty. <laughs> I just don't think it's. I, I think any club who takes him on, even if like he quits drinking and swears he'll never take another holiday. I don't think any club could take him on without it being a pub, like a, a PR disaster, especially if you're a team that has like a an AFLW affiliate. Like how can you sort of say like we are, you know, we are we are pro inclusion and respect for women and then bring someone across on top dollar. <laughs> like, hey yeah, no, we're all for that stuff, but we will also give like a large chunk of this club's profits to a guy who has had uh, like the, the spottiest of records when it comes to respect for women.
1: Yeah. But this is football. So at some stage, somebody will give him a second chance and I'm not even, well not, it's not even a second chance. Is it like, that's the problem. But I think like for a player who has that much skill at their best, but that is the most expensive holiday of all time. That's, that's what I am going to say. He should go into the Guinness World Book of Records as most expensive holiday of all time because like three days in Bali is probably going to end up costing him minimum of like half a million
2: dollars and possibly like millions of dollars. Hope you had a good time. <laughs> uh, I love that that question that was asked by someone, some Collingwood fan who doesn't listen to the show has jumped on to defend Jordan Ngoi. And has said, the people wanting him gone would happily have him at their shitty club. He's not going anywhere. Pie for life. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. Uh, So this is from uh, Pashka Bolka. Wants to know, are the Swans trying to become the new bottom boys of the AFL? I don't think it's intentional. No. They could be the bottom boys of this year's final series, but I don't think it's strategic like Bevo does.
1: They do have that sense about them that... Like at their best, they're very, very good, but Mm. they just don't seem to be able to maintain it for an entire game, or like from week to week.
2: Like, can't trust them. I think is Mm. is is what it is. They're shifty. You can't trust those swans. You just don't know who's going to turn up.
1: Because they, I mean, they
2: look like they should have won that game. Yeah, at least on two occasions. Like they were like thirty points up at one stage. You're like, okay, here we go, regulation seven goal win. And then what happened? Why couldn't they play like that the week before against us?
1: Yeah, you really hope you get them on one of
2: those weeks, don't you? Because yeah. on the
1: other weeks, they look unstoppable.
2: That's right. Uh, Kylie says, I'm a North fan. Please help me. <sighs> look, I mean, they are the worst team I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I can't remember a list that's quite as bad as this. And I barracked for the Saints in the 80s. Um, look, the season's almost over. Preseason's seasons a great time to get optimistic. Um, you might get some players in. A, a new coach, you're definitely going to have a new coach by the end of the year. That'll bring a lot of optimism and hope. All I'd say is don't give up. Like, <laughs> they need you. North fans, they need you. And I don't want to see any club go under. I definitely don't want to see kangaroos go under. If they don't start, don't get in crowds, and it could be a disaster. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I heard, like, so there was this talk that they might get,
1: like, pick two, but they would have to trade it. So that might be the idea, like, I think that they could give them pick two, pick three, pick four, and tell them that they have to trade. Like, I actually think that's what they need. Like, I don't actually think that would be terrible for the competition. If they said to them, you can have pick one, we're going to give you a pick two, three, and four, because there seems to be such a substantial like gap between North Melbourne and the second worst team, as far as mm. I'm concerned. Like North seem way back. I reckon give them pick one, give them pick two and three and get them to trade pick two and three. So if people want pick two and three, they need to give them something. And then that way they'll probably pick up like four or five half decent players. But
2: what does kicks. that do culturally though, that you're just bringing in a bunch of kind of mercenaries who got put on the trade table by their clubs? Like I don't know that... Like, it's Mate, weird. What, that we're what talking else are about. they going to do, though? Like, uh, it's just weird that we're talking about North Melbourne in this fashion, like the shin boners. Like, they've lost all of that. Like, it's weird that they're just so, so terrible. Um, there is a bit of advice. This is nice. Um, another Two Guys, One Cup listener has chipped in to say to Kylie, do what I do, check the score at quarter time, go, hey, we're doing pretty well, and then never look again.
1: Yeah. I think that's good advice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Uh, Cros wants to know what we think about Robbie Williams being the grand final entertainment yeah, yeah. No, not bad he's fun I, I think he'll um, be exactly the sort of act that they need who gets on stage with Robbie okay so let's say it's a Melbourne versus Geelong yeah. grand final because they're the top two teams now mm-hmm. who's getting on stage to sing with Robbie
1: well it's probably like a Melbourne player right <laughs> and
2: so uh, maxi gorn you could see gorney doing it
1: you could definitely see maxi gorn do it like it's got to be christian petrarca i imagine would probably have a bit of cats that all about seem him.
2: quite conservative don't they they're all kind of dorks mm. who's the extrovert there's no stevie johnson who's the who's the most extroverted cat mm. interesting danger he's he sort of he does like funny sketches and things but what he, does he get on they don't really. That's just, I never thought of that before, but the Cats are kind of like very, like vanilla in terms of personalities, aren't they? I
1: mean, they aren't really a big personality club, are they? I mean, Hawkins and Cameron. Yeah, like, but
2: Hawkins is like a 1920s movie yeah, star and, and Jeremy like a, Cameron loves fishing. Yeah, yeah, and Tom Hawkins has a farm.
1: They're not exactly yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. your rock and roll glamours, are they? I mean, but Tyson no Stengel, who's having like an amazing season, like you know, notoriously likes to have a good time, but I think he's put that behind him. But you're going to, like, okay, so, like, if the Demons win, uh, perfect, one of the Demons gets up and sings Angels with Robbie Williams, right? But if <laughs> yeah. the Cats win, what, what song do, does one of them sing with Robbie Williams?
2: Uh, so Let Me Entertain You, Millennium, what other Robbie Williams songs are? What's the let one he Me did. Entertain You. What's
1: the one he did That's with the- Kylie.
2: Jump, jump on board. Yeah, that one. Take a ride. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. The kids, right? Kids. Yeah. The kids are all right. right yeah, yeah. I right. want to say like Maxi and do
1: Kylie's part from... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. We need a Geelong player. Mark <laughs> Blitzarves doing Kylie's part.
2: Um, okay. Let's move out to our Instagram. Again, 2Guys1Cup AFL Instagram if you want to send us a message. And also, don't forget, every Thursday, 5 p.m., we give our tips on Instagram Live. Worth signing up for that alone. Um... Uh, 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 thoughts on this is from Patrick. Thoughts on the push for trades to get brothers playing together. Mm-hmm. Should it be bare knuckle boxing between the coaches? I'm all for brothers playing together. I think the father, son, and the brothers playing together is a unique, beautiful quirk for the game. How that gets done, I don't know if we need a, a test of strength. Do you will? Um, I'm not against it. Like as a starting point.
1: Like, I I like the idea of, like, family playing together as well. I think there is something about that that is quite unique and special. Like, the Kings, you've got, like, you know, a vested interest in this. It's like, you'd really like to see a couple of brothers playing together. But I'm not sure you'd be as fond of the brothers playing together if, like, Max goes up to the Gold Coast.
2: (laughs) No, that's right. Uh, Papa uh, Mm Coombsy says, uh, the Daniel Rioli... Uh, to Morris Rioli, goal assist is surely the first nephew to uncle goal assist. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a Swamp Thing yeah. question. I'd love to know that. Has there been another n- a nephew uncle to nephew has it to an uncle goal assist? I think Paddy Ryder is an uncle to a player, like, but doesn't play for the Saints. Brad Hill and Paddy Ryder are cousins. I know oh, that, Is, is
1: Wanganin Melira, is that his name?
2: Melira, right? right?
1: yeah. Wanganine Miller, yep. is he your relation to Gavin Wanganine?
2: Like, Gavin's uh, nephew.
1: He's Gavin's yeah. nephew. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's good.
1: Um, he's just turning into a really good player.
2: Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, he's uh, he's lightly framed, yeah. but I think in a couple of years he'll be. He's definitely really starting
1: down. to like I, the last few games I've seen like him play. He really feels like he's getting the
2: the feel. Well, his da- his his dad uh, played for St Kilda. Terry Miller played oh, yeah, in the okay. early. Like, I think the early 2010s played like 30 or 40 games. So, you know, it's in the blood. <laughs> uh, There's one one father's son that actually worked out for the Saints for once. Um, what football team does Australia's number one comedian, Cal mm. Barron, <laughs> support? Mm. Do you know the answer to that? No, I don't know. What would it be? It's an NRL guy, isn't he, Sydney dude? I mean, he's a... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't
1: imagine that he has an... Never really heard him even talk about the NRL. He became quite famous, of course, on the NRL footy show. That was where his stand-up career absolutely took off. He probably needed to be neutral. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if, like to have that widespread success he was having on the footy show, he probably needed to draw yeah. appeal to all fans of the footy show. He didn't need to
2: pick a side. Uh, this is another person asking if their team can be the bottom boys. Can Richmond be the new bottom boys, says Ashby? Possibly. Uh, yeah, I think... I think if any team is, is poised to win it from the yep. bottom half of the eight, it could be the Tigers. Yep. Um, Stingen wants to know which teams can still win the flag. About 10 of them. I reckon, them. If, oh, if, yeah, if, 10 if, of them. Yeah, I reckon 10 of them. Uh, and uh, finally, Keegs says, the hot jam donuts at Optus Stadium this weekend had no jam inside. It was a worse <laughs> letdown than Frio's last quarter. How can you sell <laughs> hot jam donuts? The key component. You don't include. It's disgraceful. Jam. Mark McGowan, Mark McGowan should resign. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like Jared Healy now, don't I? <laughs> That's where I draw the line in the sand. It's oh, not about man. the lockdowns, it's about the bloody hot jam donuts. What's going on in your state, mate? It's a mess. <laughs> All right, that is Two Guys, One Cup for this week. Uh, thanks again for supporting the yes. show. If those of you who have come across a listener, and like we said, you can go to tofop.com to check out some of our other podcast entertainment um, and Instagram Live for our tips. Thursday afternoon, 5 p.m. Play on, not 15. Bye.
0: We are Two Guys, One Cup. Listener.